The History Teacher's Husband Marianne Johnson was named History Teacher of the Year by the National Teachers Association of America on a Friday afternoon. It was the sort of thing she might like to celebrate with her husband, but he was always busy on Friday nights. Something told her he was having an affair with a student after his political science class at the community college. The something that told her that was her dog Susie. And Susie was right, after all. She had watched Lester's flirtations turn to illicit affairs two times from the bedside over the years. His first student, whose name he forced himself to forget, came along in his second year of teaching. The girl was just over 20 and he was just shy of 30, so nothing felt wrong. In fact, Marianne wasn't even in his life yet. Still, as he found himself finishing inside the first student, praying she was truly on birth control and that the condom didn't break, he vowed to never sleep with a student again. The feeling he got from connecting with her never left his mind, though. It was the only thing he could think of when he wanted to get off. It was as if she was there the first time he slept with Marianne. And the second, and the third, and the... He was married to Marianne three years when Sophie came along. Sophie made it easy to break his orgasmic vow. She had the highest aspirations of any person he had ever met in his entire life. To most people, her ideals were embarrassing, but for Lester, they were an awakening. She dreamt of becoming President of the United States. She dreamt of creating peace between Israel and Palestine. She dreamt of eradicating racism. To her, world peace was completely attainable within her lifetime. Her role models included Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Monica Lewinsky. When asked about her final inspiration, she would always say, Who wouldn't want to work in the White House? She especially liked that Lester called her Madam President in bed. He liked that when he did it, she understood that she could dominate him. On the most peculiar days, she would spank him as he cried like a baby. And yes, Susie watched all of this from the bedside, wondering why humans were so bizarre. Why couldn't they just do it doggy style? Sometimes she even watched from the bed itself while chewing on a tiny chicken bone. The affair didn't last long, though. Sophie was murdered on a Tuesday afternoon. She was painting her toenails red, white, and blue when someone broke into her place and stabbed her in the chest three times. Though Lester was innocent, he spent days rocking back and forth expecting the police to accuse him of the act. It took months for him to learn that Sophie was sleeping with several other teachers at the school he taught at. She was murdered by her Spanish teacher, John Danson, after she made several phone calls to his house trying to break up his marriage. The only reason Lester wasn't outed as one of the teachers she slept with is because his name wasn't mentioned in any of her journals. Lester would lie awake at night wondering why she didn't write about him and more so why she didn't want to break up his marriage. He thought they loved each other. He thought they were going to change the world together. This was while Marianne laid fast asleep with her CPAP machine and Susie laid upon his rising and falling gut. She had her favorite chicken bone stored in her cheek the way a hamster might. All the heavy breathing was keeping her wide awake. Her loyalties were being divided in ways she never thought possible. The sun rose and Lester found himself looking through his wife's AP United States history textbook. He was reading up on the Boston Tea Party when Marianne walked in the room wearing her stained nightgown with a cup of coffee in her right hand. She watched him in silence for a few minutes without him noticing she was there. It gave her great pleasure that he was showing an interest in her. He hadn't shown an interest in her in years, if ever. Death and taxes, said Marianne. What's that? asked Lester as he turned around. There's nothing certain but death and taxes, 
You're reading about the Boston Tea Party. Oh, well, it's probably my favorite moment in American history. I'd assume it's a hit with the students. They all love a good rebellion. Mary Ann took a sip of coffee. Some of it dribbled down her chin onto the gown, ensuring there would be another stain. I'm so sorry, said Lester. For what? asked Mary Ann as her heart dropped. I never said congratulations on your award. You've been busy. It's okay. Mary Ann and Lester found themselves back in the bedroom with Susie chewing on her bone. Lester was forced, rather coerced, into getting naked and flopping onto the bed. Marianne found her way on top of him, scooting up her nightgown just enough to line up the puzzle pieces. Sophie popped in Lester's mind as his wife congratulated herself with his body. Susie stopped chewing her bone. Though only Marianne and Lester were before her, she could sense the presence of three people. Yes, Susie could tell that Marianne was thinking of Lester and Lester was thinking of Sophie. The closer Lester got to finishing, the closer he came to crying. Tears welled in his eyes as he pushed Marianne onto her stomach and positioned himself over her back. The force of the maneuver dropped the liquid down onto Marianne's butt cheeks. Thinking he'd done the deed, she reached for a tissue from a nightstand and handed it to Lester. When she looked back, he was crying into it. What's wrong? she asked. I'm going to die, he said. We're all going to die, Les. Lester pictured Sophie sucking on John Danson's neck as he spoke to her in Spanish with his heavy New York accent. He figured she probably told him a completely different story than the one he knew. She probably said she wanted to make Spanish the dominant language in the world, and she probably said she idolized Frida Kahlo, Pablo Picasso, and Penelope Cruz. Who knows what she told the calculus teacher. Do you ever think of sleeping with your students? he asked. My students are 14 years old. No, what are you talking about? It's just a question. Do you ever think of sleeping with your students? She asked right back. No, said Lester. Susie dropped her bone. Don't lie to her, Lester. Don't you dare lie to her. They both stared at Susie. For whatever reason, there was no surprise that she could talk. In some way, it was as if they had spoken with her before. I'm not lying, said Lester. I've seen it with my two eyes, said Susie, from the sheets we sit on. Is this true? asked Marianne. I've slept with three students, one before our marriage, one a few years in, and you. What do you mean, me? You're my student, Marianne. I'm not your student, she said back. You audited my class once. I showed up one day, that doesn't make me your student. Don't say that, said Lester. Don't say what? Don't you understand? For this to work, I need to see you as my student. Marianne thought of the hypocrisy of history. The life she lived and the ones that lived before her. Your history! screamed Marianne. What do you mean by that? I mean your history, you hear me? Your history! Marianne returned to school at six in the morning the following Monday with Susie on a leash. She sat in the department head's office alone, reflecting on the past few days. It was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. It felt like only five minutes had passed when the clock struck half past seven. Several of her colleagues arrived with a cake, flowers, and balloons. She received so many pats on the back that there was a tiny bruise along her ribcage. Walking to class a half hour later was a pain. She and Susie had to zip past a series of slackers who wanted to give her dog a pet on the back. 
Opening the door to her AP United States History class was quite a surprise. The students stood on their desks giving her a round of applause that would beat out the best film in Cannes. Eventually everyone calmed down and opened their books awaiting the day's lesson. All the students were curious about the dog but they were so determined to ace the class that they wouldn't dare purposefully bring about any distractions. Distractions were all Marianne had in mind. We're not going to use books today, said Marianne. In fact, I'm not going to talk at all. I'm going to give Susie the stage. Yes, Susie is a dog, but Susie can talk just like you and I. In fact, Susie is full of wisdom, and I think you would all be delighted to hear some of it. Susie hopped up on the table and stood on her two hind legs like a circus dog. She barked like a madwoman for three minutes straight. The class looked at one another with confusion. No one was sure if they were supposed to laugh or cry. Marianne looked on with confidence. She listened to every word out of Susie's mouth, feeling as though she was doing a great service to her students by letting them all hear the history of her relationship with her husband and the monster he turned out to be. Death and taxes, said Susie. Death and taxes. Alright, commentary on a history teacher's husband. I can't give you any commentary on this story. This story is not based on real-life stories that I have experienced or heard. It is completely fabricated, and if you have anything in common with it, well, that's just a strange coincidence. Anyway, this is the end of the hallucinations. That was story number eight. From here, we're going to be entering the tales, which are more fleshed-out stories, although the history teacher's husband was pretty fleshed out, but... These ones are going to get weirder and weirder in a different kind of way, one that I don't think you've probably ever experienced before. And I don't mean to be cocky when I say that, that's just the truth. Uh, the next one up is called The Pleasure Choke. Number nine, The Pleasure Choke. This one is not based on a real story either, and is not personal, and I don't know what else to say, I just hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Oh, it's very raunchy, not safe for work. The Pleasure Choke. Enjoy. Enjoy.